Ever heard of a podcast where one of the hosts has no idea what's going on? Well, now you have. Welcome to Unprompted, the show where one of the hosts shows up completely unaware of the conversation topic for the episode. From technology to society to history, life, and more, each episode features a unique topic and the hosts unravel the details together using nothing but their background knowledge and past experiences. Hosted by Luke Bogus and Jared Arts, we hope you enjoy today's Unprompted Conversation. Okay, uh, welcome everyone to the first episode of Unprompted. Uh, since this is episode one, before we get started, we just want to introduce ourselves to you guys um, and also the podcast format a little bit more detail. Uh, so my name is Jared Arts. Uh, I am a senior uh, at the University of Nebraska, and I'm here with Luke Bogus. Yeah, what's up? How's it going? Uh, also a senior here at Nebraska. Um, you know, we're kind of heading into the last semester of our collegiate career, and I'm going to be moving to Seattle to start a full-time job, and Jared's going to be staying here. Um, and so we were trying to think of ways to how can we a stay in touch, but b continue to push ourselves to be more creative. So we thought of the best way to do so is to be creative, be vulnerable, record it live, put it on the internet. So we came up with this concept of uh, of unprompted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're both going to be starting full time at Microsoft uh, this summer. Uh, like Luke mentioned, he's he's uh, running off to Seattle, yeah. and uh, I'm going to be staying here in Nebraska and working remotely. So that's going to be some interesting things to unravel in the future as well. Um, but Luke. What what is this podcast about? How would you describe it in three words? Three words. I have no idea. Uh, it's four <laughs> words, but that's the beauty of this. Is like the the idea of what's going to happen is one host is going to show up, kind of prepared, essentially coming out of the gate with either a topic, a question, an opinion, um, some mild research on the host side. But then the other host is going to have no idea. So you literally have no clue. What we're going to talk about today for the next, you know, 30 or so minutes, um, that's kind of the beauty because in that way, you know, I did some light research, but the purpose of it is, is saying like, oh, that's a great idea. Here's this other thing I know or pulling from past experiences or basic knowledge that, you know, we have from school or life or whatever it might be. So um, I think the beauty of this is today we might talk about life. Tomorrow we might talk about business. The next day we might talk about history. Um, I guess if you're le- looking to learn a thing or two and kind of li- listen to some people uh, thinking out loud, this is your podcast. Yeah. And I, I think an important thing to note is is Luke, should, should someone cite us on their doctoral thesis? Please, for the love of God, don't cite us. Everything we say is not affiliated with our company, Microsoft. Um, this is not a research report, <laughs> nor investment advice. <laughs> and so, yeah, don't please don't cite us. Yeah, uh, we're going to just be talking from our experiences, our knowledge. We're going to get a lot of things wrong. Uh, we're going to love it when people uh, give us feedback so that we can learn from you guys, that we can learn from each other. Um, but I think that's an important thing to come with it. You know, this is not a, a well-researched academic podcast, like, uh, something like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History or, or another podcast like that. Uh, this is just us thinking out loud. So if you enjoy, you know, two guys just thinking out loud, then, um, this is definitely going to be the podcast for you. So today, uh, Luke Bogus brought the, uh, the topic for conversation. So I'm completely in the dark. I have no idea what we're talking about. So, uh... Luke, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, or do you want to jump right in? No, I'm super ready to jump in. Uh, this is going to be an interesting topic, I think, to just pontificate about in life. And I think as we start thinking about, you know, beyond college for both of us and starting to think about our full-time careers and kind of like our purpose and our meaning, um, this is something I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on. So are you ready for the question? I am absolutely 100% ready. All right. So I want to talk today about the concepts of generalists and specialists in life. So um, you know, generalists are kind of people who are have a lot of breadth of knowledge, right? You know, a lot, a, a lot about a little about a lot of things. Let's say, um, versus a specialist might go super deep into one or two topic areas. Um, and so, I guess I just kind of want to talk about like 
you know, who, generals versus specialists, like, who are more apt to change the world? Who are more apt to make, you know, impacts on business? And the idea of generals versus specialists in the business context might be totally different than in the science context or the history context. And so um, I, I really was kind of fascinated with this topic. I read this book, actually, um, a few years back. It's called The Innovator's DNA, um, which is not The Innovator's Dilemma by the same uh, author, Clayton, rest in peace, Um, but basically the premise of the book was kind of like five key components, um, rather like the five key parts of a DNA of an innovator and the five innovation, I guess, areas were like associating, questioning, observing, networking, and experimenting was kind of the idea. And the idea was that if we can associate multiple areas of considerations so that we can like bring you know, different vats of knowledge together to kind of um, start to experiment with those ideas and say, well, it worked in this industry. How do we morph it to this industry? Um, we ask, you know, tough questions and just be curious all the time. We observe different industries and observe how people do things. And we network with the right people to learn from people and not just processes. And that way, by associating, we can create some crazy innovations, right? So um, that's kind of like, I'm just really curious as somebody who is kind of going into the field of like product management, program management. Um, you're kind of the, what they say, the jack of all trades and master of none. Uh, you kind of, you know, you work with sales, you work with engineering, you work with finance, you work with legal, you work with the customer, right? So you're never like banging your head against the wall, of like, you know, fixing some bug fixes on some code. You're not that deep, but you're kind of at this level of breadth where you oversee a lot of things and you have basically all the responsibility, but no authority, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm just kind of curious, like when it comes to generalists and specialists, like who who's more apt to change the world? Yeah, I think this is an incredible question, an incredible way to start the show. So I think, at least I would see myself as a pretty big generalist. I don't know if you would agree with that. I, I have a, a pretty broad knowledge base, you know, from history to science to computer science. And I have specialists, kind of penetrations in different areas, um, but overall I kind of see myself as a generalist. So I might be biased in what I'm about to say. I think that both specialists and generalists have the opportunity and the ability to change the world, but I think that they do it in, in different ways. I think that the, the world-changing ideas are more likely to come from generalists, but the field-specific ideas are more likely to come from Specialists, and, and what I mean by that is when we look at kind of these these great innovators, which which pushed society as a whole forward. We look, you know, people like Thomas Edison. Uh, we look at uh, maybe back in the day uh, at maybe uh, Newton or uh, Galileo. These people were had extremely broad knowledge bases. Like you mentioned, they were able to associate many different topics and put them together and come up with these, these great innovations that, that kind of affected all of society or innovated in many different areas, which as a whole kind of pushed society forward. On the contrary, you know, in the modern age, you know, I gave some old examples. In the modern age, things are, are generally more specialist. And so when we look at perhaps in computer science, if you're going to be the person that pushes artificial intelligence to the next level, you have to be an incredible specialist in artificial intelligence. Uh, you have to be extremely smart. And so I feel like, you know, the, 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 the thing we're looking at here is the difference between an Elon Musk, someone who I would consider a relative generalist, extremely smart, but a broad knowledge base in infecting many, affecting many areas, or someone like uh, maybe a uh, Steve Wozniak, who is an incredible, incredible specialist 
in the idea of modern computer technology and kind of pushed Apple forward uh, in their technology forward. So that's kind of where I see it. I don't know if you would agree with that statement or not. Um, that's where I stand, at least in the first few minutes of this podcast. Yeah, that's super helpful to hear. And I think that's like probably the most interesting thing I was concerned about personally bringing up this topic was originally I wanted the opening statement to say generalists, not specialists, change the world. But immediately after that kind of like came out of my mouth when I was kind of like, you know, ideate about the podcast, I just instantly thought of like, you know, obviously we're in the age of COVID-19 and like the scientists that like were able to work the past X number of years to develop like mRNA vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't just be a generalist and, you know, (laughs) have built a, I guess, technology such that can vaccinate the entire world, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, that's world changing, right? Because if it weren't for that, like we would be in a totally different space right now. So it's like, I hesitated to say that scientists who are, I would say generalists, right? Like you spend your whole life dedicated to, um, you know, learning about the effects of peanut allergies on children. Like that is like your specialty and Mm -hmm. that is world changing, but you're right. It might be industry changing because those, I guess, innovations and things that we learn about, you know, morph the field of science and advanced science. But if you're going to change the world, yes, science changes the world, but like in the technology realm, you know, like being able to associate, I mean, you hear this a lot about in business, right? You hear like the Airbnb for X and the Uber for Y, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, all ideas are like <laughs> innovation is just basically stemmed from this notion that we're just like recollecting and reassociating already thought of ideas into new ways. And so those already thought of ideas and molding that and triangulating that into something that is like quote innovative, um, that's world changing. Whereas mm-hmm. you're right. Industry changing might be something like spending the last 40 years specializing in MRNA technology so that when the time comes, you can change the world with something like a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely agree with your notion of like industry versus um, world changing. I guess like, so you said Elon Musk is a generalist. Mm-hmm. Maybe like talk about that. I mean, obviously at a high level, he's like the CEO of like 46 companies. <laughs> yeah. But like, like, dude, you can just tell that like he just like, he's always like 20 steps ahead. Like his, his thoughts are always 20 steps ahead from what he's saying out loud. Mm-hmm. You can just hear that in the way he talks and the way he like, just <laughs> his intonation is just, yeah. you can tell that he's thinking somewhere else all the time. Um, so I guess, is it possible to be a specialist in so many areas that all of a sudden you are generous? So I think that it's, I think that it's the other way around. I think that Elon Musk is a generalist who has specialized in many areas. A good quote that I think about um, is from East of Eden. Uh, I believe it's by Steinbeck. I read it like Five years ago, and I forget the character's name, so I apologize. But he says something of the of the effect of um, by recognizing the atom, man has bowed down to it and no longer is able to be a jack of all trades. It's something along those lines. It was from the early nineteenth or twentieth century, so um, kind of early on in, in physics development. But essentially, what he was saying was, as science advances, it becomes more and more impossible to be a generalist. You know, being a generalist in in in, in zero BC was relatively easy. Being a generalist in 2020 is exceptionally difficult, uh, and being a being a specialist in every area. I think that uh, Elon Musk uh, is a generalist in that he's very knowledgeable by a broad space of, a swath of things, but I think that he's a specialist in actually somewhat few areas. You know, mm. Elon Musk is not a specialist in public policy. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> Elon Musk is not really a specialist in, you know, vaccine development 
I doubt we would say, or English literature. He is a specialist in many things science-related. He's a specialist in physics. He's a specialist in rocketry. He's a specialist in uh, transportation um, and in in other aspects of technology. Uh, So I think that uh, he's, when you look at someone, a generalist like Elon Musk, it's, it's easy to focus in on one subset of generalism mm. and say he's a, he's, a spe- uh, he's a specialist in every area. When in reality, we need to kind of broaden our perspective and say, well, is he a specialist in philosophy? Is he a specialist in all these things? Because I think being a generalist is having a foot in all these different doors that are completely unrelated and then using that wide breadth of knowledge to apply to very specific situations like building an electric car or landing rockets. Um, And so that's kind of how I see it is Mm -hmm. that uh, it might seem like he's a general specialist in every field, but I think that's, it's, it's the other way around. He's kind of a, a generalist with a few specialities that seem like a lot because all the rest of us are specialists in one thing. um, And he's a specialist in multiple. Yeah. I think, when you think of the term generalist, that's usually a pretty unsexy term. Like if I told you like, Jared, you're a generalist, man. Like you would not, I feel, you wouldn't feel warm and fuzzy inside, I don't think. That has a pretty negative connotation because I feel like people typically associate it with that opening phrase I had of the jack of all trades and masters of none, right? Mm-hmm. But I think guys like Elon Musk and really just like innovators in general, whether it be in science and um, you know business and whatever it might be, is that you mentioned like having your foot out, like foot in many different doors? Well, I think just like the really incredible generalists that generalists that take it to the next level is they put more than just their foot in the door in certain areas. Like they they need to understand the premise of you know these random areas of thought, but you know the idea is that you know if they're gonna like I want to make a difference in this current area. Obviously, the point of being generalist is having your foot in so many doors so that um, you can pull from your different experiences. But sometimes you got to like pick, uh, maybe I should put my whole leg in this door and like invest more time. But I guess that kind of brings me to another thought about this whole topic that I had was, you know, when you think about like, they always say like, you know, 10,000 hours makes a perfect, uh, or I guess 10,000 hours uh, makes you a master at any given topic, right? Mm-hmm. And so that to me is like, like, I don't know, like LeBron James or like Tiger Woods, like, you know, they've changed the world and they are the greatest of all time in their, you know, specific sports, but they are a specialist in basketball. Like they, you know, work day and night to, you know, dribble and like figure out their, their fundamentals. LeBron James still works on his fundamentals and like Tiger Woods still hits the range. Right. But they're, they're specialists in their areas, but they're still like making such a deep impact. And maybe that's from the industry part that we were talking about earlier, um, that you make an impact, I guess, in your industry. But I guess I'm just kind of curious, like, what your thoughts are about this whole notion of, like, when do we know that we need to put more than just our foot in the door of a certain topic? Because the idea of being a generalist is that you know about a lot of things, and maybe at surface level, so that if you ever need to pull from that knowledge, you can. But at the same time, if I just, like, you know, read an encyclopedia from, you know, Ed's end, like, great, I'm going to kind of know a little bit about everything, but that's almost just, like, you know, you're kind of, uh, like, washing your brain out so that you, it's kind of, like, almost information overload. So, I guess, how do you balance, like, seeing something and knowing that you need to go deeper versus, like, just kind of knowing enough to be dangerous? Um, I don't know, like, what are your thoughts on, like, how generalists, not necessarily become specialists, because I don't know if that's the purpose, but how do generalists kind of make it to where, like, you know, for me on my resume, you know, I say that, like, oh, like, I'm, 
proficient in Java, right? Like I, I've written it kind of <laughs> my freshman and sophomore year of college, but it's just like, you know, I know enough about programming and object oriented to be dangerous, but like, how do we know to like keep brushing up on that? How do we know to like, all right, this is going to be an area of investment that I need to stay in, um, that I need to like, you know, continue to be dangerous at. Like, how, how do you, how do you balance like wanting to know so much about so much, but how do you like know when to be on the surface level versus like when to dive in? Yeah, uh, I can speak about this from personal experience uh, because I have this general want to know everything about everything <laughs> and a, a growing dread that that's not possible in the time that is given in life. And so, you know, the way that I handle this, um, and like I mentioned, I believe I'm a generalist and I don't take offense to the term, <laughs> but I think that when you're working on a project or you're doing something, um, for example, uh, I have relative interest in, in maybe in some you know biology, but I'm by no means an expert in it. Uh, but when I'm working on, let's say, a particular algorithm or something in, in maybe machine learning, uh, we we talk about genetic algorithms and machine learning is, is something that uh, we we study and, and some people use much more effectively than I may ever be able to do. Um, but you know, when you're when you're learning that thing, or when you you are working on a project like that, and you, you you something ticks, and you say, "This is familiar from somewhere else." For example, you're learning about genetic algorithms. They kind of slap you on the face with what it what genetic algorithms is based off of. Um, but if you're sitting there like, "Hey, this really reminds me of of you know DNA replication and the the different uh, the different uh, copy errors that happen in DNA replication." Well, I think that when you see that, that you make that connection, that's a great time to take a step back, go to that place where you have your foot in the door. Because that recognition, that connection, that association is how you know you have your foot in the door. And I think that having the foot in the door, all it is is gives you the ability to open that door more easily. You know, mm. So you know you have your foot in the door, you make that association, and then you know that that's something you want to dive more, more deeply into. Because that association that you made is going to help you connect those dots on whatever primary focus you're doing is. And so, you know, that, that happens in a lot of aspects. You know, when I'm thinking about innovation and in technology, when I'm thinking about the next big thing, uh, I often see myself looking back at historical contexts and look at the ways that people in the past have innovated in different ways. And... So when I, when I see a connection like that, when I say, okay, this is a problem that's happening today, um, maybe let's say transportation, what, how, how, how are people having a problem with transportation? And then I make a connection back to, to a historical context, you know, maybe uh, the, the beginning of automobiles. Um, and then I know I have something to look more deeply into in that historical context to help me with the current focus that I have, which is maybe a modern problem or maybe a modern project that I'm working on. Um, so that's the way I kind of see it is you want to maintain this, this foot in the door, this surface level understanding on a lot of things. And then when you have a project to focus, whether that be in work and school, where you make an association with one of those surface level scratches, then you know that's something that you want to dig deeper into, at least for the duration of that specific project. And, uh, other than that, when you just get interested in something, like I just sometimes get random interest in like the, the Irish potato famine, and I'm gonna watch 15 <laughs> videos on the Irish potato famine and buy a book, and that's 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 a good time too, just just maintaining some 
some probing specialist um, attacks into these different mm. doors to open them up a little bit more just to help you make stronger associations in the future. That's kind of the way I see it. You, you, you be a generalist to help you with those associations and help guide you where to go. See, that's interesting. First off, I would never, ever personally get an itch to learn about the Irish potato famine <laughs> and watch videos and buy books. One of my favorite things about Jared is, you know, we, we live in the same uh, dorm here on campus. And you know, sometimes like I'll come to his room and it'll just be a video on the screen about today we were listening and talking about why Napoleon puts his hand in his coat uh, and like the historical context of that. Like for me, when I watch YouTube and I learn or whatever, it's like totally like mind numbing, like day in the life stuff. I'll be honest, like, you know, productivity hacks, just like those basic things. And Jared's always kind of like looking to learn more. And so I, it's interesting because it's like from co- like in college, I would say like I'm a generalist, right? It's like I feel like I haven't really had the chance to go deep, but it's almost like the system has made me be a generalist. Like that's great what you were saying about, you know, you're tying into biology and maybe you have a personal interest in biology or mm-hmm. you happen to watch 20 hours of biological YouTube videos or whatever, <laughs> right? But like I feel like most students, or at least for me, it's like forced generalization like i am in a class about um a freshman year you know i had a class about it's called health fads and so basically like every module was talking about certain health fads in the country like the keto diet and like blue light like trying to assess like you know if those are like legitimate i guess conversations in science like do vitamins actually work right and so like that was a really fun way to kind of like gain some generalization and obviously i've been able to you know point back to that being a junior and senior in college now but like once we don't have the system anymore to force us to be generalists, to take four to five classes per semester that sometimes are, you know, quote unquote, electives we have to take. And so I'm learning about geology. I never would have learned about geology, but I'm taking geology 101 to fill a requirement or whatever. And yeah, it's me being generalist. But I guess like personally, I'm kind of like curious about myself post-grad. Will I become a specialist? And when I be try to become a specialist unknowingly, A, but then B, will it be mediocrely? Meaning, I'm going to start a full-time job, 40 hours a week, being a program manager. Um, you know, obviously, I'm going to try to make hobbies and stuff outside of work. But, like, those hobbies might be reading. Are they going to be reading about product management stuff? Is it going to be hanging out with friends? Is it going to be watching mind-numbing YouTube videos? And all of a sudden, because I've kind of stepped out of a system that forces you to be a generalist, um, am I unknowingly going to become a specialist? And then at that, not only, a specialist to me is somebody who's a master in their field. But all of a sudden, I'm retreating from trying to gain knowledge, and I'm just, like, putting in my 40 hours or whatever it might be. Um, and not even con- – I wouldn't even say specialist, but I'll almost just be kind of becoming um, – that surface – I guess that, like, surface-level knowledge you have in so much starts to decrease because you're being less exploratory and you're being less curious because um, there's no system forcing you to be curious. So um, how, how do you think about, like, being – like, that's really interesting that you're so proactive about learning so much. I don't see myself as proactive. I, like, why do you feel like you're so proactive about it? Like, is it just an innate thing? Are you just, like, innately that curious that you're, like, <laughs> g- it's gripping you so much on a Saturday that you're just going to learn about the potato famine? Because for me, <laughs> I would never feel that way. Yeah, I think that there's some element of just, like, general curiosity. And that's, I mean, that's just for me. Like, I, I do the, the the randomest stuff. Like, I remember when I was in, in like, uh, 11th, 10th grade in high school or something, I, one Sunday was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to build a trebuchet today. And I built a trebuchet, and it was horrible, and it didn't work because I didn't really know physics that well yet, or you know, mechanics. And um, but you know, I do have this innate itch, this innate curiosity to just learn a lot. Like I mentioned, I want to learn everything about everything. Um, but I also realize that what you say about school is is incredibly important because school does force you to be a generalist. That's something that I think school 
um, you know, this, this post-industrial school is incredibly focused on is saying, we want to teach you how to think about and learn about many different things at one time because it's going to help you be a more well-rounded person. And I think that there is this trap once you, once you get out of school, once you escape from this, this hellscape, as some might call it. <laughs> some uh, might. <laughs> I would. <laughs> of college or high school that you're just going to learn everything about your one specific job. You're going to be the best at that job. And then you're, you're, you know, you're going to be awesome. Everything's going to be good. You don't have to worry about math. You don't have to worry about biology or English literature. But the truth is that if we think about our knowledge as being a, a flat dirt plane, let's just, let's just pretend for a second. And all around the plane, there are, there are places you can dig holes. And each of these holes represent a particular field of knowledge. When you're in school, you're forced to dig shallow holes in every part of this plane or many parts of this plane. Once you get out, you might be tempted to completely specialize in one thing, like you mentioned, program management, PM work, and you're going to start digging really deep into one hole. Well, that dirt that you dig out is going to go somewhere. It's going to fill in the other holes because as much as I would love to think that I have infinite mind space or you would like to think it, we don't. We have a limited amount of you know, brain capacity, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to slowly start filling in these other holes. And so it's important to you know, continue going out and re-digging or re-scraping those previous holes so that you don't lose that touch. Some things might be okay to lose. You know, maybe you can lose you know, intro to theater or something. If, if, if that's not particularly important. But you don't want to lose too many of those holes because then you realize that you're just stuck in this really deep hole and you're unable to access these other things. You become a really one-dimensional person. Mm. And I think that a lot of these large tech companies aren't looking in the end for one-dimensional people. They're looking for innovators. They're looking for people who can go from one hole to the next, who can, you know, you know if you dig in one hole, Minecraft reference, if you just dig straight down, you're probably not going to find diamond. <laughs> you know, you got to dig in many different places. That's awesome. Um, and you're going to find more treasure. You know, you need to, you're going to find more reward with more holes. Or, you know, and some holes are going to be way deeper than others, and they should be. But you want to make sure you don't, you don't fill in all of your previous knowledge and become a one-dimensional, um, one-dimensional expert. Um, because you won't be an expert very long because your field's going to change. That's that's the important thing. Technology, every field is changing. If you become a one-dimensional specialist, then you're going to be a specialist for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be irrelevant. So that that's kind of my viewpoint on, on that particular issue. Yeah, that, that's such a good analogy about like just because you dig straight down does not mean you're going to you know, reach where you want to be. And I think, you know, and to be pessimistic too, not everyone who focuses on one thing is going to be an expert in the field, right? Like there are PMs out there that are, you know, not great PMs. There are people like me that I'm going to start being a PM. I have no idea what I'm going to be. I don't know if I'm going to spend all my waking hours reading literature and reading, you know, processes and case studies to figure out how to be a better PM. I I, I don't know. And so people, um, that's kind of also the scary thing is people dig straight down. um, But, you know, there's people who are digging faster and who are digging deeper than they are and also Mm -hmm. are, you know, going different paths, right? Like, I guess a really good analogy that I like to think of is um, when it comes about life, right? Like they, they always say that, you know, in life you should develop and adjust your compass. You should not be developing a life roadmap because mm-hmm. on a roadmap, if you're following directions, you take a left turn, you're screwed. You go around a roundabout too many times, um, you know, you're, you're disoriented. You don't know where you are. But like if you just know that you need to head north and sometimes you can head northwest and sometimes you can even head south. Eventually, if you know 
you want to make your way back to north, you can take those wrong turns. You can try those different things. And so that's why it just, it's almost sad when so many people jump into this like notion of like the sunk cost fallacy of just like, mm-hmm. you know, they are digging straight down and they just like look up and they think to themselves like, wow, I, the light is so far away. I've never digging any other holes. Like I might as well just stay here. But, um, it's just, it's interesting because yeah, as we start to jump into, um, a life of, you know, not having the system to remain curious, um, how, how can we, um, young professionals and really anyone, how, how do we force ourselves to be curious? Cause I don't think, again, I, I don't really see myself in Seattle waking up on a Sunday being like, Trebuchet day. Today's the day. You never know. <laughs> you, you never, never know. know. You never know. <laughs> but like, how do we, how do we build systems so that we remain curious? I mean, like, do we, like, is it like, it's kind of weird to block on the calendar from 10 to 12, be curious, right? Or <laughs> pontificate. I mean, yeah. I think granted for us, a great avenue for that is to have this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like I bring ideas to you and vice versa, but um, you know, for just beyond the podcast and just like, as we are so invested in our careers and obviously, you know, our personal lives and our relationships, like it's more than just, the idea isn't just like to schedule out time in your calendar to be curious. The idea is just like constantly be curious and to, um, you know, constantly be observing like the innovators DNA. But like, I don't know, like, do you think that there needs to be systems around being curious or is it just kind of like an innate personality trait that you just push yourself to think all the time? Like, I guess, how, how do you, how do you try to, if you're digging straight down, how do you like, you know, push yourself to say, all right, let's dig, let's dig a different direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for everyone, of course, um, but I can speak for, you know, some, you know, maybe my, my siblings or something who are, who are a little bit different than I am in terms of like, just generally, you know, being interested in everything all the time, uh, is that everyone has a lot of interests. Most people just haven't discovered them yet. Mm. Uh, one thing I like to say is that, you know, everyone loves history. They just haven't been taught it correctly or they haven't um, learned about the right parts of it. Um, you know, when you, you know, you might think, oh, history is all about uh, you know, wars and leaders and whatever. Um, but then maybe you read something or watch something about like Roman cooking. Like what was Roman food? I remember I talked to my girlfriend about this once and she got so interested and we talked for like, like, two hours about Roman food, and then we went to Roman, um, you know, paintings, what the cities looked like. And, you know, she's not particularly interested in history unless you you, tr- you find that one thing that triggers that, that curiosity. And so I do think that there is an element of you have to put, you know, if you're not just innately curious, you have to put time on the calendar, as dumb as that sounds. Not to just be curious, but to say, like, you know, force myself to look at new things, things that I haven't seen before, watch a interesting video from Vox mm-hmm. or, you know, some random educational YouTube channel. And if you don't find it interesting, you're like, wow, that was the most boring thing ever. You'd mention the Napoleon in the hand thing. Someone might think that's, or hand in the, the coat. Someone might think that's super boring, but someone else might be like, wow, and now I'm really interested in, in uh, late or early modern portrait postures or something <laughs> like, I don't know what you're going to be interested yeah. in, but people get really specific interests. So I think that it's important to, Spend time learning or looking at new things, even if it's a chore. And then when you identify areas of interest that are just like crazy specific or like just weird or just out there that you wouldn't have thought before, really hold on to those because you found a hole where it's easier for you to dig. You know, everyone, we're, we're talking about this plane, uh, this, 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 this knowledge scape, we'll call it. Everyone has different digging tools. And so you need to identify the areas where it's easiest for you to dig and, um, and really 
hold on to that and try to identify as many as possible because then you will be innately curious. You, when you find those things, you'll be innately curious. But it's hard when, you know, the way society is structured has very few things that are hard to get excited about for some people. So, so that's interesting you say that. Does being a generalist help us find what we want to be a specialist in? Like, you yeah. know, that, that sounds great, right? And, like, I guess that's the purpose of being a generalist is so that you could find what you're interested in and start to associate. And when it comes, like, yeah, personal life, being a generalist, trying new hobbies, trying new things, pushing your skills, skill sets. But is it so that we can find a skill set that we want to go deeper in? And so is being a generalist an avenue to becoming a specialist? And is, I guess, the end goal to be a specialist when we, you know, are at the end of our careers, when we pass away? Like, it, like is, is it, I guess, a conduit? Is generalization a conduit to being a specialist and a specialist the desired outcome? I think that, you know, we get kind of tied up in specialists and generalists as being this duality of man. <laughs> so I think that you, you're going to be both. That's your goal. Your goal is to be a generalist who has areas of specialism. Uh I do think you, you become a generalist. You, you, you strive for generalism to identify areas where you can be more specialist. But your goal is never to end up in one hole. Mm. Your goal is to have many deep holes and many shallow holes in this knowledge scape or whatever. And that's when you know you're successful, when you can jump between holes really quickly, when you can say, oh, this hole is leading to the same direction as this hole, and you know they're going to end up meeting finding diamond if we go back down to minecraft <laughs> reference and so i really i mean i don't like what's your opinion do you think that the goal is a specialism do you think specialism and and generalism are, are two opposing forces that that's so interesting yeah i i don't think it's binary like i don't think you're a generalist or a specialist and there's a good saying that you know breath is an allies and excuse me breath is an ally to depth not an enemy like you know, so that we can make an impact and so that people like Elon, Elon Musk can go deep into the idea of, you know, building rockets and spend, sending, you know, um, satellites to send Wi-Fi, right? right? Like to, to get there and to, to get to a point to where he felt that he was able to combine ideas from so many different industries and backgrounds and, and, I, and you know, knowledge scapes, essentially. The, the opportunity, I guess, like his building up his whole life to get to a point to where he's dug enough holes to where he can finally say, I got it. It's time to dive in. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you stop being a generalist and dive into being a specialist on the one thing. Like, yes, it's important to find a hobby that you love and spend time doing it. But like, you know, it, the idea of hobbies isn't to, you know, become the best in the world at it. The idea of hobbies is to do something to just like enjoy yourself and just kind of, you know, if it's playing music, maybe, uh, you know, the hobby doesn't have to be to record a studio album and make millions and tour. It can just be to play music on a Sunday. You know, that's mm-hmm. being, being a generalist and just kind of knowing stuff about, music theory and attention to detail, you know, might, you know, unconsequentially relate to being in your job. Like, you know, I I would love to see the association of, you know, business people and uh, pure scientists who were like in, you know, in music because music always is, you know, about, you know, how, like, how do we actually pay attention to detail and how do we think about, um, you know, like that, that rigor of, I remember so many band camps, you know, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., I travel with a drum corps, and the drum corps essentially is kind of a, um, a professional marching band of sorts. I was, like, their, one on their social media team for a couple weeks in the summer, and, like, they rehearse every day without question, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., hour for lunch, hour for dinner, that's it. So, like, that intense attention to detail. 
of course, never in your life are you ever going to do that past when you're 21 or 22. But like that, just ingraining yourself in the idea and this notion of like being attentive to detail and being disciplined um, can you know translate to whatever you're about to do. So you know, being a generalist and maybe every once in a while, like one summer, you become a specialist in a professional marching band. Maybe one year you're super invested and you're like, my news resolution is to, you know, record my own song, like going, going deep and, and deciding that, you know, you don't have to, I guess, dig twice in this hole, then run over to this hole and dig twice here. You can spend a year or two digging mm-hmm. more in this hole, but then also, like you said, keeping the options open and, um, you know, not ever letting yourself get into the sunk cost fallacy of, um, you know, we started this podcast and we're 20 episodes in and we feel like we should do it. You know, we're, we were just being curious. We're being generalists. We mm-hmm. love listening to podcasts. We love, we sit in our rooms and just pontificate about random stuff. And we were like, well, why not just record it and put it on the internet? And so um, I'm glad we're starting the podcast and I'm glad that we're um, you know, having this because this has been an awesome uh, discussion so far. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of this throughout uh, all the podcasts uh, throughout is essentially, you know, I'll, be, I'll come uh, to Jared with a unique idea, a unique perspective. And as you can see, he was completely unprompted, but Jared's amazing. And so he was <laughs> able to pull from all these different knowledge areas. He's a huge history buff. Um, and he's just a great, thoughtful dude. And so I think you're going to hear a lot of those um, thoughtful remarks from him. So um, this was a good conversation. I don't know. What did you think? I, I really loved it. I think that... Uh... I think that we, we explored a lot of interesting ideas that maybe I, I hadn't thought about before. And, and sometimes, you know, you just need to think about things and you'll think about things you never thought <laughs> about before. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great way to, to start this podcast just because this is going to be a generalist podcast. If you want to try to become a generalist, listen to Unprompted because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a lot of different topics. The next topic, uh, which I will be presenting, is not like this one. So... Um, I think it's a really good way to start and it's a really good way to kind of think about our lives moving forward because we're going to be moving into the professional world and things are going to be changing. So Absolutely. So to wrap up the podcast, uh, I think we'd like to kind of start like this uh, recurring segment at the very end where the host, so I, I'm the host this episode and the quote unquote guest is Jared. And so the host is always going to come with like a rapid fire question at the end. So essentially for me, it's going to be a question kind of about the topic um, ish, uh, but it's more of a personal spin. So I was kind of like, this is a way for you to get to know us and for me to get to know Jared. But, um, you got about like a minute, minute, three seconds. I mean, definitely explain yourself, but, uh, you know, the purpose of rapid fire is just to, to keep the people wanting more, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. So my rapid fire question for you based on this topic is if you could be a specialist in one thing that you're not already a specialist in, what would it be? I.e., what would you want to learn? Like, what are you just dying to dive deep into? That's, that's a, that's a great question. Um, that's a hard question to answer. Um, so I'm going to take one second to think about it. Go for it. Um, and I'll think out loud. You know, I, I, I know a lot of history. I'm kind of crap at, um, Southeast Asian history. Mm. Um, and kind of like, like most of Asian history. I'm not particularly good at, I'm much better at European history, probably because I am a, uh, white guy from Nebraska. <laughs> uh, but, um, I think that I really have a, a weak understanding of, of many aspects of biology. I would love to, uh, I would love to become a specialist in like uh, biochemistry or genetics. Wow! I think I'd love to get a better understanding of that, uh, so that I can apply that elsewhere. That that's my answer. Like uh, like probably like biochemistry, genetics, genetic engineering, somewhere somewhere in that realm is probably what I'd say. Love it. Thanks for answering, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped for the history or the future, rather, of this podcast. I think we have some really good topics uh, on the horizon. So, yeah. Uh, so that wraps up our first episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. 
Um, we're really excited to present more topics uh, in future episodes, uh, and we always love feedback. Uh, we really want to continue to improve and also get other people's opinions uh, and get corrections when we say things that are wrong, because I'm sure we'll do it a lot. Uh, so uh, something that's interesting about me, another quick fun fact, I don't have Twitter. I don't use Twitter. I might have a Twitter, but I never go on it. Um, I'm not a big, huge social media guy. You're missing out. But Luke does have Twitter. Yes. Luke is a PM. He's on social media. Yeah, you have to have Twitter. If you're going to be relevant in tech, you have to have a Twitter account. I guess I'm not going to be relevant in tech. (laughs) But um, so if you have any feedback, uh, tweet at Luke Bogus, because I'm sure that he can handle uh, any any comments. Yeah, Uh, DM me, tweet at me. Would love to hear your thought. If you have a good idea for us to pontificate on, bring it up. We'll uh, we'll read the tweet off verbatim, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, and that's uh, at Luke Bogus, just his name, no spaces. You got Uh, it. And, uh, well, that's that. And, uh... I guess uh, I'm also going to end the podcast with a, a quick uh, quick little uh, history fact uh, that uh, I'm going to say, and maybe it's wrong. I didn't research it uh, again before, but I read it in, uh, in a book in the past. So uh, the Romans often cooked things in lead containers um, because it imparted a sweet uh, flavor on what they were cooking. Um, they also used lead pipes uh, because lead is much easier to work. Um, and so the Romans were... Um, big on eating lead, uh, which I'm glad that's something that we uh, we stopped doing. That's uh, why the uh, Roman Empire fell, I bet. <laughs> uh, perhaps that's a topic for another episode. But I'm glad Luke is bringing his opinion into historical conversations. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, give us feedback if you have it, and uh, we will see you next time. Peace.